0: The NBA Odds Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC is back. International soccer is back. The casino is open 24-7. Plus, they've got tons of sports sims to bet on. Use promo code SGP for up to $1,000 deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full line of premium, smokable CBD now shipping legally to all 50 states. And if you use promo code SGP, you get 15% off. That's K us hy dreams.com promo code Sgp Welcome back to the NBA Odds Pod. It is only Wednesday, and we already have your second episode this week, which I owed you guys because it took like ten days in between the episode prior, and but you don't care. You want me to get into it. All right. So this is the deal. On Sunday, I recorded with Evan Scott Schwartz, a great sports journalist, and Raf Cario, great writer, and uh, we talked a lot uh, about. Sports trivia. We talked about uh, what's happening with the upcoming uh, NBA announcement that they uh, look like they're coming back in July. All very excited about that. We ended up recording for so long that I decided to cut the episode into two parts. So, this second part is us talking about our favorite random teams in history, not necessarily, you know, the team we follow. Like, I'm a big Suns fan, but for whatever reason there are these teams out there that we we can't help but but love, you know. For example, everybody loved those Steve Nash Suns teams, the 7 seconds or less. You know, I couldn't pick that team, that's my all the time team, but that's the example, the the type of teams that people will pick or or maybe they just pick them because they like playing them in a particular video game or whatever. Whatever the reason, you have your weird favorites. So, Evan, Raf and I, we all picked our our weird little favorites. Stay tuned we're going to talk about the Seattle Supersonics, that amazing team with Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Detlef Schrempf. i are also going to talk about the 98-99 uh, Sacramento Kings. I actually pick a certain Knicks team. Not sure you're going to guess which Knicks team that is. Stay tuned for that. Um, hint, it's not an Insanity team, but we do talk about the Insanity team, which was everybody's favorite team for like 10 days. Um, yeah, I think that more than enough introductions. So just let's get into it. Uh, this was your idea, Evan. So do you want to start?
1: Yeah, um, I think, you know, this is something that Raf and I do a lot and, and, and the two of us, I think for NBA fans specifically, like you can be a diehard fan of your hometown team, whatever it is, but it's a league that's so driven by players and by player movement that I feel like you can have an affinity for a team halfway across the country. And, you know, especially if you've got league pass and just kind of get obsessed with watching them. Uh And it can be things as simple as, uh, you know, yeah, you played with them in a video game or they had a player you loved in college drafted to them. So you started watching them. And I think that the two of us really, especially for Raph, who I, I guess, never, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Raph, but like, Because you grew up in New York, but you're not a diehard Knicks fan. I always felt like you're much more just an NBA fan.
2: That is accurate, yeah. I mean, what happened was my mother was a very serious Michael Jordan fan, and I was indoctrinated really early on. So, I honestly, I rode the Bulls wave uh, through the 90s, and it wasn't until that was over that I started kind of like rooting around for my own teams. So, And you've also been a Boston sports
1: fan, too, for
2: other sports. and Yeah, yeah. All, all the pain I was spared not being a Knicks fan, I very much experienced being a Red Sox fan until I was 16, <laughs> 15 or 16. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, I, I've, I am now kind of just like a sports fan. I don't have any strong allegiances anymore. But you're right. Yeah, I was, you remember my, my Boston days very well. For
1: sure. And so, like, the team that always jumps to mind for, for me and my fandom, is uh the supersonics because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason as a kid, really before I was even that much of a Knicks fan, I was a fan of Seattle sports in general because I loved uh Ken Griffey Jr. so much. But I was a huge, huge, huge Sonics fan. Uh and to the point where I forced my parents to take me to Seattle as like a six-year-old. Um and I realized that yeah, I was like, I want to go, I want to (laughs) see Ken Griffey Jr. I want all of these, so- I had a Sonic bath towel that I refused to use any other towel after I took a bath or a shower. You grew up uh, so
0: differently than me. I could maybe force my parents to take me to McDonald's and that was about as far
2: as <laughs> Yeah. as okay, yeah, going 3,000
0: miles across the country
2: just because. Yeah, my, my were, dad took me to the Prudential Center once to catch the Jason Williams Kings. That's that's, <laughs>
1: that's, <laughs> that's we where rephrase we it. We, we were taking a trip to Canada, uh, to <laughs> Vancouver, and I then insisted can we also go to Seattle um because it's whatever very close but I will say that I can trace it to the moment when I was in a Toys R Us in 1994 or 5 and got uh, NBA Jam Tournament Edition for my Super Nintendo and it was exclusively because I loved that now, I guess it was technically the 94 Sonics um Sean Kemp uh Detlef Schrempf and of course Gary Payton one of my all-time favorites, mostly because he talked trash to Jordan. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things, of, especially because of NBA Jam, where it was really only about the best two players on the team. And what was uh,
0: the Sonics NBA Jam? That was, it wasn't Peyton, right? It was Kemp and... No, it was,
1: it was Peyton, Kemp, and Shrimp. And, I'm, by the way, I'm talking Tournament Edition, which oh. was the year after. And it did have Gary Payton it and, and a couple other guys. Because so it wasn't, wasn't the it that, I remember
0: Peyton. the edition where it was just two players and it was, yeah. it was Shrimp and Kemp. It didn't yeah, have
2: Payton. It
1: was. Yeah, it, they, it was an NBA players union slash licensing thing with Peyton. So when they released it for consoles the next year, they had gotten a couple other players uh, into the game. And one of them was Peyton. Um, although they did not get Michael Jordan, uh, who I believe did not appear in a video game that was an official NBA video game until like the mid 2000s uh, I
2: think one of the NBA 2Ks had him on the cover and it was like the first time he'd ever been in it and I think but, you, know we, you could only play him one-on-one that was the only mode he actually was available in
1: oh yeah I think you're right it was NBA like a five, maybe kind of. yeah 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 um but and, yeah and an NBA
0: Jam it was what it was Pippin and uh Horace Grant Pippen,
1: you play with I believe it's Pippin Horace Grant and BJ e. Armstrong, Armstrong was on the bench yeah <laughs> Which, uh, and by so I was reading about NBA Jam and apparently one of the main programmers on it uh, was a huge Pistons fan and hated the Bulls <laughs> and inserted, I swear to God, inserted a piece of code into the game that if you were taking a last second shot with the Bulls, you would brick it every time because he so hated the Bulls.
2: Wow, so really that
1: was an actual thing where if you're ever, and Raph, I watched you throw in a controller because you're so <laughs> mad at a video game yep. claiming it's rigged. That's for real. That game was rigged against the Bulls.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, okay. I so I mean I feel like the Sonics, that's a great like pick as far as like favorite teams. Cause I feel like they've only grown because they lost their team they've only grown in people's hearts since the, that like Sean Kemp era.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if COVID and and the NBA losing out on all of this money for the next few years is going to impact, you know, what seemed like uh, a pretty clear path to Seattle getting a team again. Um, It really seemed like there was a lot of momentum over the last couple of years and that they had finally, you know, the city itself, I think had approved, um, you know, some new arena plans and things like that. And so I, I wonder if that's going to push the timeline back even more.
0: The, where They were talking about expanding or moving a team?
1: Expanding. I think the idea was to put two more teams uh, in the league. And I imagine one of them also would have been Vegas. Um, right. But I think, I think that there's been a lot of movement. And I think the NHL has been trying to put a team in Seattle as well. So, um, you know, it does seem a little crazy.
0: And now for a quick break from our presenting sponsor, mybookie.ag. You've heard the news. Basketball is just over the horizon. That's right. I'm calling it. Basketball is just over the horizon. And you need to go over to mybookie.ag, get yourself an account, use promo code SGP, and they will match your deposit up to $1,000. So if you put in $100, dollars you get $50 to play with, absolutely free. And just in case you couldn't do the math, I did it for you, you know? Um, And hey, say that your earnings from betting on sports or simulated sports, MMA, if they're not coming quick enough for you, try your hand over at the MyBookie Casino with instant access to hundreds of classic slots and table games. There's new blackjack tournaments starting every week. Opportunities to enter for free and score a portion of the huge jackpot. Again... Stay safe and stay sane from the comfort of your own home and sign up right now. Go to mybookie.ag, use promo code SGP, and they'll match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. Because, hey, with mybookie, you bet, you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid.
2: They should almost double down on Seattle. Like An intra-city rivalry is such a fun thing for a sport. And Seattle's been starved of a team for so long. <laughs> I feel like they're just them two teams and people can pick <laughs> their sides and just suddenly, yeah. Suddenly they've gone without
0: a team for all this time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, they deserve it's, it. Ryan, Ryan, it's worked so
1: well in Los Angeles with the Rams and Chargers, right? Oh yeah. Clamor for those. Two teams.
0: Everybody's talking all the time. Rams <laughs> versus Chargers. Who are we going to support? And <laughs> uh, also doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, I, I mean, inner, I, I know in theory, Inner city rivalries works, but it almost never works. I mean, but I, I would say the only one that really like comes to mind what, that seems like people care about is Mets, Yankees,
2: but like A in, White Sox, maybe, but you're, I, yeah, you're, you're right. It generally is like not I, I something people care I, terribly much about.
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But I think the issue is always like how often are both teams good at the same time? Yeah, yeah. And that's why Clippers, Lakers has been amazing the last few years. As, but you still know, well, only LeBron, people but... care
0: about lakers that's the thing like if it la is has been ingrained as such a lakers city that like that they, it's it's not like you get an even split of fans at those games
1: mm-hmm. no i mean the price for tickets alone is you, you know which team is the a team <laughs> uh, as soon as you open your wallet are you so... saying
0: that clippers fans are poor is that what you were saying? No, Evan?
1: I'm saying the Clippers fans are lucky because they don't have to pay $800 to watch, yeah. you know, a team that was not very good up until last
2: year. Um,
0: okay, so I, Raph, you want to go next with your favorite team?
2: Ah, uh, sure. And I just to kind of bolster uh, Evan's Seattle case. Uh, I I remember one time, Evan. I don't know if you remember this, but we were hanging out around your apartment on the Upper West Side and just walking and you were passing by like, a hat and shoe store and you saw a Sonic's hat. And apropos of nothing, you stopped what you were saying, and you were like, I need to buy that. And we went yes. and bought yes. it. And it was like one of the old, like with the Seattle skyline, with yeah. like big yellow and green prints. So he is a bona fide uh, fan from afar. <laughs> um, so yeah, my, uh, the team that leapt to mind was the 98, 99 Sacramento Kings for me. And this is, of course, the first Jay Will year. Um, yeah. Also, the fir- you know the first Chris Weber, Vladdy Like it's this team that very suddenly had a pass happy, really fun offense, and uh, and it was in the strike-shortened year, of course. So it's a fifty-game season. I think they they rip off something like nine out of ten games in the in the last stretch of the season to uh, clinch a playoff berth. Um, I think they were the eight seed. They played against the Jazz in the first round, went up two to one, and then wound up losing the series. Um, so, I all the distaste I already had for that Jazz team from the Bulls was like doubled down on from that because <laughs> um, they justifiably beat the Kings. Um, but I think the fact that they were, yeah, Evan kind of alluded to this before, but there's something about at that age, you know, this is pre league pass, pre YouTube, pre, you know, anything, you're just counting on uh, cable broadcasts. And you know those games, the West Coast games would come on late, and maybe my parents would let me stay up to watch the first quarter. Um, but generally, I'm you know maintaining my connection to these teams through Sports Illustrated and through Sports Center highlights. And so there's this way in which like the legend of the team almost became more important than what they were actually doing. So I would just see these glimpses of the Sacramento Kings playing this super fun offense where everybody's throwing the ball behind their back, and you know. Uh, just confusing teams. And I don't know, there was this really, it was this wonderful effect that doesn't really exist anymore where and like, it was you a, as a,
0: as and being younger, that's like the first time we ever remember the Kings being starting to be really good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know, I guess what Mitch Richmond was their guy for several years before that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. they just weren't, they were like, I don't even know. I'm not sure I knew they existed before that year. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just like the other California team. Um, yeah, no, and they were they were they were just incredibly fun to watch, um, and they and I'm I'm a sucker also for a slick passing big Euro player. Totally. So totally. like, Vladimir operating out of a high post and just running that offense is like candy. And the same with like. like and, we- and Weber
1: was an incredible passer oh.
2: too. And Sabonis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Weber was extraordinary. I mean, Weber, that's that's one of the Weber's one of the all time. Like, it's too bad he never got a ring. I, I was you know I was researching this. Um, between 2000-2003 Weber averages 25 points and 10 and half rebounds per game but that's on 39 minutes a game so it's like no wonder he wore down as quickly as he did 39 minutes in like a fast-paced offense just getting you know thumped on by late 90s early 2000s big men like poor guy yeah. I
1: think he, he was also one of the first big men to ever have um, like a microfracture surgery uh, on his knee and it was just at a time where that surgery was not good enough yet hmm. and if he had come along even three to four years later um you know the, the other example being like amari stoddermeyer who had pretty much the same kind of surgery but it was just advanced enough by that point where he still got a lot of mileage out of his body after that and the, yeah i mean playing. you could argue he's still playing in israel
0: <laughs> yeah but i mean he played in the big three also um but as did Jay will <laughs> yeah <laughs> very, um very briefly uh, yeah, I don't, I, you know, that, that actually kind of leads into w- what, my pick was going to be. Were you done or did you want to keep talking about that, that
2: ref? Um, no, I was about done. I will, uh, one personal note I'll add is that, like, uh, at that time I was, I was a very, uh, active basketball player at that time. I still play, um, pickup and whatever, but I had, you know, like hoops. So you're a
0: true, my- you're a time. true baller. Is that what you're saying?
2: Uh, a true ish I'm, I'm a half it, it was, it was part of his wedding vows that, uh, his wife
1: would have to love him, uh, even when he is drafted into the NBA, uh, in a bench
2: role. So, That's true. And, and we, and we had a Papa shot at my wedding. And if you're wondering how much it, it costs to rent a Papa shot, I can't tell you because I bought one and it cost $200. Wow. So, Look at uh, you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but so I'm, I'm like in 98, 99, I'm 10, 11 years old watching the Kings. And probably harmful to my uh, basketball playing career was that I watched Jason Williams play <laughs> and very much tried to emulate that and started making probably more mistakes on the court than I should have. <laughs> um, so, but you, but you look great doing it, that's oh, what man. yeah. Yeah, no, no, nobody knew what was coming myself. Are you
0: saying that Jason Williams ruined your potential at an NBA career? Like had yeah. you just gone more with the fundamentals, you might be
2: He still snuffed an outside out.
0: three-point <laughs> shooter in the league?
2: So <laughs> at least snuffed out my D3 playing career. Yes. <laughs> um, I, uh, so then quickly, I,
1: I think Rap knows this too, that I have a huge affinity for those Kings squads. Oh, so my, my question was, and I specifically remember being in a restaurant on the Upper East Side, having dinner with like our family friends, uh, watching the Kings get screwed in the playoffs that year. Oh, no, uh, too? the Lakers. Yeah. yeah so that, because that was going to be my question is why did you pick, that version over what was probably the, you know, the most successful version, which I guess is that 0-2 squad, 0 one 02.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I guess I was just going for the entry point, because I did remain a Kings fan through those years as well. Like, I was very, very much attending to the, that series, even after they traded Jason Williams and got Mike, I was a big Mike Bibby fan, too, so when they got him, it was yeah, like a, me too. easy to keep rooting for them, and they were so, so good. I mean, they won 61 games that season. Um, so yeah, no, I only picked, uh, the 98, 99 cause it was, I mean, it's also the fact that it was a strike shortened year right after, you know, the, the second bulls three it was like, we'd been deprived of basketball and then this incredibly exciting version suddenly came back. So I think that's why it's just more of a, you know, I was uh, still a kid. It's like the most, uh, emotionally potent version, but no, I, I totally remained a Kings fan, uh, going forward. Absolutely. Um, so do you still root for the Kings? Uh, not anymore. I mean, as I, as I alluded to before, now, I really don't have any lasting team loyalty. I love the sport more than ever. I watch extremely closely. Uh, I don't know if it's partly an effect of the way players switch teams now and partly just getting older and not, you know, having the emotional bandwidth to live and die with the results Mm -hmm. like on a on a per on a per game or like once we're in the playoffs on a per series basis I can totally invest myself and root and then be upset when the team I want to win loses but uh no nothing you know I don't buy you know replica jerseys or hats anymore (laughs) (laughs) also the kings have been such a dumpster fire for the past you know I don't know decade Yeah, Vladi in the high post, fantastic. Vladi in the front office, (laughs) not so great.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, stop throwing him the rock.
0: And now for another quick break, and we'll be right back. Unfortunately, a lot of you might be out of work right now, and um, that's important. And that sucks, but you guys should all be thinking about your next move. Maybe you want a career change. Maybe you want to be your own bookie. That's right. With sports coming back, you can now be your own bookie with aceperhead.com. All right? Say so what? Maybe you don't know anything about how to start your own sports bet. That's all right. They will do it for you. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. Ace Per Head has top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to Ace. Perhead.com slash SGP. That's ace perheadcom slash SGP. So I, I had moved to New York at the end of 2008. And uh, in 2010, when, the, when nobody knew where LeBron was going, and a lot of people were saying the Knicks I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Oh, like, yes, I do. Of course. And so my wife, Anne, is from Cleveland, and she's a huge LeBron fan. And the only thing that was acceptable, because we were living in New York, the only thing that was acceptable to her was that LeBron would go to the Knicks. And so she was very, very pissed off when he went to the Heat. And the, but as the consolation prize, the Knicks got Amari Stoudemire. And so I was stoked as a Suns fan that Amari Stademeyer is now in the city. And so I started going to as many games as I could afford. And I don't know if you guys remember, but that first season he was with the Knicks. He was like the first half of the season. He was a legit all like he was a legit that, MVP.
2: There's an MVP case. Yeah. That was, he was a, a legit MVP season. case.
0: Yeah. 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 It was Mike and, D'Antoni. Tony:
2: and Yeah. And a,
0: I kind of felt like i had my sons in new york a little bit and i had never Mm. been to madison square garden before that period and so i was going to games it was still like one of my favorite basketball viewing experiences just because of the history there and everything and so i really fell in love with that pre-carmelo 2010 2011 team and uh, I have a dog actually who, who's a uh, part Italian Greyhound and so I named him Danilo Gallinari because he was my favorite player outside of Stoudemire on that 2010-2011 Knicks team. I watched every one of those games. I loved that Raymond Felton was this fat little guy who was their point guard. Danilo Gallinari was so smooth. Stoudemire just felt like oh my god he's he's been reborn in New York. This was Obviously, before his knees went out again, and it was just such a fun team to watch. And then everything got blown up when Melo insisted he wouldn't wait till the end of the season. He wanted the Knicks to trade for him at that point, and they got rid of Gallinari, they got rid of Felton, they got rid of Mozgov, who was actually kind of fun to watch at that point. So fun. Um, I don't know why, but it that was like he seemed like he had so much potential at that point. Uh, and that was also the uh, right around the time uh, Blake Griffin dunked over him, which uh, still is probably <laughs> the most impressive, uh, one of the most impressive Blake Griffin dunks in game. Um, so I still, like, have a, a soft spot in my heart for Knicks. And, and that kind of led into the uh, Linsanity uh, season. It wasn't the next season, but the, like, the following season, right? I think that was. um yeah. And that was just one of the most fun times that I can remember being in New York as uh, for New York sports. Like you just walk through Chinatown and every shop would have the Knicks game on and everybody would be like be cheering. Um, I don't know. You, you guys were both in, in New York during that time. What do you remember from it?
2: That was such Did a big time but because the, the, I think all of Linsanity lasted less than 10 games. Yeah, Like, in terms of the true, like, give him the ball and let him do it every once. I mean, there's five or six games where he absolutely rips. I mean, he just destroys people he put up with, whatever, 37 against Kobe. And I don't know, he has this weird, like, high pick-and-roll effectiveness that nobody quite knew what to do with. Um, yeah, I remember that. I, I very much, like, fair-weathered over to the Knicks at that time. <laughs> I was but, like, ooh, this but is so, fun. But so, Linsanity was
1: 2012?
2: Yeah, so it's after the period I was talking about.
1: And the funny thing is, is like, the period you're talking, I think you're right. The period that you're talking about though, Ryan, is one of my absolute all-time favorite moments to be a Knicks fan. Because I always felt like Linsanity, I mean, I've been going to the Garden a lot that year. And it was like, I was at, I think, the either second or third game of Linsanity. And then went back like a week or two later and the garden was packed and it was everybody wearing like brand new jerseys with the tags on them, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And just as a, as a grumpy cynical New Yorker, I was like, well, you guys weren't here when Amari Stoudemire scored like 40 plus (laughs) points in nine straight games or whatever that was to start that season. It was absolutely one of the most insane things I'd ever experienced. And he was just, it felt like everything was going to be okay.
2: It he really was, did. He was
1: that good. And then, yeah, then Carmelo decided he had to, you know, make his way over. And it just gutted that team forever. I mean, that was, I, I love Carmelo. I think he is unfairly maligned as a player, but yeah. I think as a, uh, not even a person, cause that's too far, but a, a, as a person off the, as a basketball player off the court, he did not do himself many favors and chief among them was not waiting and keeping dudes like Wilson Chandler and, you know, Mozgov to a certain extent, those guys in the fold. And that could have been a really deep and crazy talented team. Can and you imagine? Just, yeah. Can you yeah. imagine if had
0: just waited until the end of that season, gone there in free agency and you had Gallinari, you had Wilson Chandler, you had. Uh, that Sotomayor. was a 13
2: player trade. 13 players, I think. And I think
1: it was was all to just get swept by the Celtics in the first round, I think.
0: Okay, we just need to take our last break and we will be right back with the conversation. I'm very excited for this new company. This is the first time I get to read this ad, so you know market in history i don't know cushy dreams is a new company with a full line of premium smokable cbd which is something i love it gets me to sleep they specialize in extraordinary cbd rich hemp flower aka bud and pre-roll cbd joints and they're shipping legally to all 50 states so if you can't score some good cbd in in the state you're in maybe you live in like a real conservative state This is for you, so join the group of adults who are sick of vapes and gummies and wanna smoke their CBD. Okay, here's what you need to know about Cushy Dreams. Their CBD content is up to 20%, which is some of the highest in the game. It looks like high-quality marijuana, feels like high-quality marijuana, and tastes like high-quality marijuana, which is what you want, come on. this attention to detail is noticeable in every beautiful flower smoking your cbd is the most efficient and effective way to deliver cbd to your system and it does not get you high it just relaxes you man grown in california and oregon each plant is hand selected by a team of experienced cannabis flower experts now as i said they are shipping legally to all 50 states and if you use promo code sgp you get 15 percent off that's k u s h y Dreams.com. k-u-s-h-y dreams.com and make sure to use that promo code sgp for 15% off smoke your cbd because you can
2: yeah and then there was i think in 2012 2013 they had mike woodson coaching and i think they manage a two seed at that point and they win their they win the first round and then they lose in the second round of the heat and you know a, successful season i think they won like 54 games something like that um mike woodson gets most of them playing defense um but yeah it's i'm only thinking that because yeah as you say ryan like imagine if they hadn't sold the farm to get anthony if they had had like a deeper bench to go with that team with mike woodson coaching who i think was a pretty good coach
0: he was a good coach but i mean to i mean put another whole caveat in this like Think about if mellow actually accepted uh d'antoni's system and didn't he mm-hmm. was like the coach killer there and um you know they who knows what they could have been really ahead of the curve in what now has become the you know a whole new league even from yeah. that era like
2: um Cause yeah, they had a couple of gunners. They had Steve Novak, who just like didn't. I did yeah. not see him miss a shot for a while. Boy was he, he, was shot he some, on fire! He shot was, like 47 so percent from three one season.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he was, was so. It was so fun to be in the garden when he would get hot and watch oh, yeah. like the crowd go ape shit for Steve Novak. I forgot. Yeah, about he would it. do that. Yeah. He would
2: do the championship yeah, he would, pose. And... Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, just a gawky white guy, just like. Yeah, We're probably imagining that he'd be putting up 12 a game for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, and by the way, slots <laughs> right in next to uh, it's Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, and Steve Novak, the pride of
2: Marquette. Marquette, <laughs> no, could,
1: Couldn't be, oh, such similar guys, right? And and
2: Jay, and Jay Crowder.
1: Uh, true Jay Crowder.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, th- those teams are really fun. And in a weird way, like it almost makes me sad and nostalgic because that was probably the last time that I really, 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 really cared about the Knicks. Um, yeah. Like to the point where I was going to, you know, at least, you know, 10 games or more and watching everything I possibly could. And, you know, really, I, I, I'll correct myself. I think Stoudemire scored 30 plus in nine or 10 straight games and they won like nine out of 10. And it was the best the Knicks had been in in years. And it truly felt like maybe things were going to turn around. and you know i Linsanity was amazing and i i really enjoyed that time as well but i totally agree it's that 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 Stademeyer, that like three week period where it felt like maybe this was going to be a thing
0: yeah because it it we first. knew Lins, the what made linsanity Sanity so exciting was because we knew it wasn't going to last
1: yeah it you was know, a yeah. and you knew it
0: you yeah. knew that they, there was no way this was going to last but um, but the, that was what was, it was not so an fun and in the moment about it. But yeah, you're right, Evan. It was with Stoudemire and D'Antoni, and that that early 2010 team, and everybody knew that Melo was eventually coming there too. So it felt like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the Knicks are going to be the next dynasty.
2: I remember, uh, I remember going to a Knicks game that I think it was like this back in LeBron's second or third year. I uh, went to a game of Madison Square Garden and they announced that night that it was the, I don't know, 850th consecutive sellout at as some, you know, they just uh, some announcement of how many games in a row they'd sold out. And as I recall, either the next day or like shortly thereafter, this is when the Knicks had like Jamal Crawford and uh, Zach Randolph and just were kind of mm-hmm. disintegrating. Yeah. And shortly after that game, that sellout streak broke. And then I think it wasn't until Jeremy Lynn came onto the scene that like they, or maybe it was Amari Stoudemire, but I remember there being just this gap where the Knicks were so irrelevant that like they weren't selling out games anymore. And then Linsanity, like the, I thought one of the coolest effects of Linsanity was that it got people who aren't even basketball fans to be fans, which is annoying on one level because, you know, the yeah, purest- Yeah, but it's amazing
1: uh, too. In,
2: in a big city, it's a really yeah. fun effect where you've just got like everybody suddenly watching, like, yeah, you walk by every- restaurant you you walk by on the street has the game on like you can see it on every screen you glimpse that's a really cool feeling especially in a big city
0: yeah it's the opposite of
2: what we're living through now
0: yeah no absolutely (laughs) when you're in because new york is such a big city when you're living there people so many people are talking about disparate things but it really felt like during linsanity it it, only a few times i can remember like feeling like that like when obama was elected and i was there Everybody was talking about that, and then the next thing I can think of is the insanity. It felt like everybody, Obama's election and insanity is the only times I feel like everybody was talking about that when I was in New York.
1: Yeah, yeah. I and mean, whenever the subway fare goes up by a quarter, those are about the only things that <laughs> will will capture everyone's attention.
0: Um, well, guys, I I know we have a lot more to talk about, but we've been going for a while, so I am going to have to cut us off here, and we'll have you both back on soon. Um, who knows when uh, NBA is coming back. So if you guys want, we'll have you back. We'll, we'll do another podcast.
1: Absolutely love to. Yeah, uh, love to. And I hope we have some news about the season next time.
2: <laughs> Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to it.